What is up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian. I'll be your host for the show. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Void Bastards is the game for this week. Void Bastards just rolls off the tongue. Void Bastards sounds like Lloyd Braun. Lloyd Braun, that's a Seinfeld reference, if you don't get it. Anyway, Void Bastards was released in May of 2019 on PC and Xbox One, and a year later on PS4 and Switch. It was developed by Blue Manchu, uh, if you've ever heard of them. They have a really cool logo. Uh, Blue Manchu, I couldn't find really any games that they had done before, but they have done something called Card Hunter, which I think is some kind of a web browser game that is apparently pretty cool. Uh, they developed that, uh, but I think they eventually sold the, the rights to that, so they don't control that anymore. Uh, this was published by Humble Bundle, and... It was released in May of 2020 on PS4 and Switch. Uh, there was a physical release um, in August of 2020 on those platforms. And depending on where you live, it was released in different uh, locations. So if you were in the U.S., it was actually released for uh, most retailers like Amazon and Best Buy. Uh, and in the EU, Play Asia actually did the physical release. Uh, for the U.S. release, the physical release, uh, it actually came with the DLC. Uh, original MSRP was twenty nine ninety nine, uh, and like I said, the the U.S. Uh, physical came with the DLC. The DLC alone is five bucks. For the PlayStation community, uh, the game has a platinum. It will need at least five playthroughs to get the platinum, or if you're playing on Xbox, to get all the achievements. But and that's with saves coming, like uploading and downloading your. Uh, Save to the cloud. The runtime of this game, if you're running through it just for the story, is apparently eight hours. Full disclosure, I've played this game for, I don't know, at least 15 hours. It takes a good, I don't know, five hours just to figure out how to even go through the main story. So I don't know where they're getting eight hours, but I'll take your word for it. And if you're not running through straight with the story, you could put in 20 hours, you could put 50 hours. I'm playing this game, you could play this game forever. So me, uh, like I said, I put in at least 15 hours. Although, just a note, there isn't a game clock anywhere in the game, so I am kind of estimating. I bought it for $14.99, 50% off. I was a little hesitant to drop 30 bucks on this game, and we'll talk about that eventually. Uh, and I did get the DLC. It was on sale, but I missed the sale, so I just bought it for 5 bucks. And I just found this game on sale on PSN. It kind of popped up. It looked interesting. It was really the colors... It was very colorful, and in the trailer it had kind of an FPS, Bioshock vibe to it. Um, but I found it on sale. I didn't really hear about it from anyone else. So that is the basics of Void Bastards.
let's talk a little gameplay here. So Void Bastards is an FPS roguelite. If you don't know what a roguelite is or you think it's the same as a roguelike, very confusing terms. I think half the people in the industry don't even know what the hell the difference is. Basically, both are based off of a game called Rogue that was made way back when. It's like a one-shot, almost like an arcade. You try to do a run and you die and you have to kind of start from the beginning. But a roguelite uh, takes a lot of elements like that but it has more elements that are continuous or more elements that are maintained. So if you die, you do kind of accrue something. And almost dying and doing a run and dying is part of the gameplay. It's kind of part of how you discover more about the game. So just a little education on that. There are five difficulty levels uh, from easy to, uh, I think the hardest is called Hard Bastard. Uh, so let's get into sort of the difference in the gameplay, what you'll be seeing. Uh, so I kind of split this up into two quote-unquote locations for gameplay. So the first is uh, kind of the hub, which is you on your ship and the different things that you can see or do when you're on your ship. And then the other part is the FPS sort of combat mode, and that's when you're docking other ships and going into them to kind of scavenge resources. So let's start with the hub. Uh, the main screen of the hub is going to be the map. And what the map looks like is you have your ship, you're on your ship, and you're going to be traversing the map in what kind of looks like a food web. It's different ships where you can dock and uh, sort of dotted lines in between them. And the idea is that you're going to be traveling from ship to ship and you're going to be docking those ships. But a little bit about the traversal, uh, it's interesting because everything goes left to right and you can only travel somewhere left to right. Now you might go up at an angle or down at an angle, uh, but what's interesting is you can only travel left to right. So once you go to a spot, if at that spot there was a dotted line from that spot to let's say the down left from another spot, you can't traverse back, okay? So you can go up, you can go down on a diagonal, but it's kind of, it's interesting gameplay. Also, uh, when you're traversing on the map, uh, there is some consumption involved. So food and fuel are going to be the main thing. So every time you jump from one ship location to another, you're going to consume one food and one fuel. Also on the map, there are hazards, and these are interesting. Uh, some are floating around, like there are pirate ships that if you happen to land on the same spot that they are on or the same spot that they are moving to on their quote-unquote turn... Uh, but everything kind of moves at the same time, uh, there'll be like sort of a special sequence. So there's like pirate ships, there's uh, whales um, that'll like eat your ship. Uh, there are um, like radiation things that'll cause uh, genetic uh, or different characteristic uh, deformities and stuff like that. And there's also hazards that are kind of stoic and, and placed there. Um, so there'll be one that's like a, a, a warp or a wormhole, there'll be one that's like a bomb that's going to detonate. And you think like, okay, you know, I'm just going to not go there. But given how you traverse the map, you might actually get stuck having to go there. It's, it's pretty interesting. So you have to kind of think ahead. There are map items. So there are things like torpedoes that you can pick up in different ships. And there are warp keys. So torpedoes are good for if you happen to land on the same spot as a pirate ship. Uh, your torpedo will actually just blow the pirate shit up and you won't have to worry. Uh, and then warp keys are interesting because you can travel to any point that you can see on the map. 
So that goes back to traversal. You can actually only move one space at a time to the different ships to dock to, but you don't have to actually dock at the ship. You can just kind of pass through, but you'll still consume fuel and food doing that. Also on the map screen, as you're planning sort of your route or what ship you're going to go to next, when you move your cursor to the different ships, even ones that are far away, more than one space away, it has a lot of destination info. What you'll see is it'll tell you what kind of items are there, what kind of ammo is there, what kind of blueprints might be there. And what's also interesting is it'll tell you the enemy types that are there and how many of them. Uh, they don't have numbers, but it'll say something like few or some or a lot or shed loads. And so that can actually help you plan sort of your attack based on what supplies you have. Um, and as you get used to seeing certain enemies, uh, what you're ready to deal with and not deal with. Also, it'll give you... Uh, information about what's in the ship in terms of bonuses it'll say like oh there's a warp key here or, oh there's torpedo stash here but it also tell you hazards uh, like a common hazard is the powers out so you will have to go to the the power station in that ship and turn it on or like there was an oil spill so it's kind of slippery or there's a radiation spill and stuff like that also on the map uh, it talks about depth so as you're moving from left to right if you start to go down in some of the dotted lines you'll see like a ladder and that's telling you that you're going to a lower depth and as you go to a lower depth the enemies get harder there's also better items but it gets more difficult also in the hub world you have uh, crafting that's going to be a big aspect of this game the crafting as you go into these different ships you're going to be getting items that are either blueprints different parts or different uh, materials so on the crafting screen you're going to be able to craft weapons and upgrades for things. Some of the weapons that you get are super interesting and can actually be repeatedly upgraded. And a lot of your items can be repeatedly upgraded. Uh, some of the things that you're crafting are also health related. So uh, boosting your health, boosting your uh, defense, uh, boosting the amount of ammo you can get and uh, rations you can get uh, upon restarting. We'll talk about that in a minute. And you can also actually craft things that'll allow you to find different uh, items or different uh, materials. So crafting, to make a complicated system very simple, you've got upgrades, parts, and materials. You need parts to make upgrades, whether it's upgrades to weapons or your health or whatever. And parts can either be found on ships or be crafted by materials. And materials are what you're going to scavenge for the most part at ships. So that's how you'll craft things. Also on the crafting menu will be the action item, which is essentially the story. In the beginning of the game, it's going to tell you, hey, in order to you know move forward, you need to find this or you need to make this. Also in the hub, you've got uh, information on your character. And this is interesting, and we'll talk about uh, how you get a character or a new character and what that means. So the hub world is one aspect. The other aspect is exploration, and that's when you're going in the ships. Uh, the ships, when you go in, uh, I believe they are procedurally generated, but there are different types. So, like, uh, if you go to a ship and it's like, this is a, a medical ship, it'll have, like, a healing spot. Um, so there are different categories of ships, but their layout, for the most part, and orientation, I believe, is procedurally generated. When you uh, dock a specific ship, uh, you'll be allowed to choose three weapons. So the weapons are kind of categ categorized between, like, small handheld or, or slow shooting, 
big weapon and then throwable items, whether it's like grenades or uh, one of the cool ones is called the, the kitty bots. These are awesome. You throw them in a room and they kind of aggro enemies. Uh, and when you upgrade them, uh, they can actually eventually explode and kind of blow up everything in the room. Very cool. Uh, so when you go in, things to be concerned about, obviously health, oxygen levels. All ships have an O2 uh, dispensary that you can kind of refill. You also may be exposed to radiation, and you also might die. So when you go in, there are enemies. You can choose to kill them. You don't have to, but they will go after you. There's also security. There are cameras going around, and if they catch you, uh, they'll send the security bot after you which is not something that you want. Um, but there's also like turrets that shoot missiles. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on. Doors you can close, you can actually lock them, and enemies have spawning points. This part of the gameplay is very Bioshock. So if you've ever played Bioshock, that first person view where you're constantly going in drawers and stuff and scavenging things, but it's a lot faster pace. Uh, I found myself going into different ships and if the layout wasn't what I wanted or I had to turn on the power or I'd be in and out like, oh, let's go in, get some stuff. Oh, I can't even, I'm about to die. Let's just get out. And the other aspect of the gameplay is that you die. Your character dies and that does not mean the game is over. And it certainly doesn't mean that you really have to start over. But what happens is when you die, there'll be sort of a comic strip. What happens is the human dies, but then this robot backpack pops off of it and sort of flies up in the air and then pops onto a new human convict. Uh, and when you die, things that you keep, you keep all of your upgrades, uh, any parts or materials that you collected, so any weapons that you've upgraded to a certain point, your health upgrades, all of those stay. And what, what gets reset is just simple things like the amount of ammo you have, warp keys or torpedoes, and then you'll get what is the quote-unquote client package. And that's something that you can upgrade. So every time you get a new character, you can upgrade how much uh, health they have or how much ammo they get or different things like that. So pretty cool stuff there. This is an endless gameplay loop. I found, I mean, I've been playing the game for about 15 hours. I've only gotten one or two story items and kind of moved the story along, but I just like picking up this game and diving in and ooh, let me see on the map where I could go to get some really good ammo and stuff like that. And once I get powered up, maybe then I can go try to get some, some of the story stuff done. So that wraps up gameplay. Alright, so the vibe of this game, the aim is pretty simple here, but they do it so well. So this is a comic book, through and through. From the opening menu of the game to when you're looking at the map or when you're looking at the items that you have or the crafting table to the dying animation. Uh, this is meant to be a comic book and it really does super well. To make it happen enemy design is so comic book random people walking around 
kind of sad or just have their head down and as soon as they see you they snap into action one of the enemies is a janitor and he's kind of just floating around um but as soon as he sees you he rises up into this kind of like kung fu like kick and he starts shooting things from his mouth very very cool uh the weapons are also way out there some really cool stuff like the kitty bots a, cl- a cluster flack it looks like a six-pack of cans, and when you throw it, it explodes, and then it keeps exploding. The colors. Visually, there's so much color. Color just pops. Um, and that was my original draw to the game. I didn't even realize that it meant it was trying to be a comic book, and in so many other ways, it, it just knocks it out of the park. Um, some of the touches on that theme, just really cool, silly things, like the enemy names. Like, you've got janitors, you've got executives, bigger enemies called screws. Um, you've got spooks that are these guys in, in hoods and hats and sunglasses that are uh, constantly uh, disappearing and coming back. One of the really, just really good touches that I saw, it's very small, but when you go up to a door, uh, one way to know what's in the other room is sometimes you'll see like almost like parentheses dialogue or like onomatopoeia on the door. Like it, it'll keep popping up and it's just so funny. Uh, it'll just say like dot 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 nothing or it'll say like pitter patter pitter patter or like neon neon if like the the sec security bot is coming um so just so cool uh really just interesting touches and then the sound uh the ambient music is is very cool um really gets you in the mood when you're on the map screen uh there's a really somber kind of space uh, dystopian thing going on and as you're moving the cursor you're actually adding to the music which is really cool the ambient music is good and yet there's still like a quiet when you're in the spaceships Um, and that's really good because you can overhear them talking the enemies the battle music is really cool you know the enemies are somber and just kind of sitting there as soon as they see you the music ramps up um, and it goes right in, and it's really cool. And then when you kill an enemy, there's like a little carnival. Uh, it's like do 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 do. Just really fun. So that pretty much wraps up the vibe, and that wraps up Void Bastards. All right, so the final verdict on Void Bastards. It's got a great vibe. It's got great visuals. The whole comic book aesthetic really works. They just have a great attitude. It's very fun-loving. I think the gameplay loops are really good. Like I said, I think you could play this game pretty much endlessly, which is kind of what I've been doing. Um, I've moved ahead a little bit in the story or the, the story mission. Playing it for this podcast, it had been maybe a month or two since I played the game, and I just picked it up. And it's just as fun as I remembered. I find entertainment in just the little things. A lot of crafting. Not all of it's necessary. So if you're not super into that, you don't have to dive so deep. Um, And personally, I don't feel that there's really a need to beat this game. It's just one of those games that you can pick up any time and just jump in. And the loop is fun. The game itself is just fun. I, don't, I still don't know if I would pay 30 bucks for this game. I did pay 15 and another 5 for the DLC. I don't really think the DLC is that big of a deal. Um, it's just adding another enemy. If you can find it on sale for like a buck, maybe it's worth it. So $30 is steep. It's really up to you. Um, if you see it on sale, I would jump on it. Um, and if you're not in a rush to jump into any games, I'd wait until it's really on sale. 
and then I think it's a fun experience if you like uh, first-person and uh, roguelite sort of gameplay loops. So that'll just about do it for Void Bastards, and stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you. <laughs>